Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We're bringing you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. And if you're new, welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I named it Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast, not because I think I am some kick-ass stepmom with all the answers. I definitely am not. I screw up on the reg. I named it the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast because... When I started this community, when I started having these conversations, I thought to myself, I'm like, what do I want for my life? What do I want for the women who follow me and who are in this community? And the first thing I thought of was that I want to live a kick-ass life. And I want that for you guys too. So that's why I named it the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. By the way, Kick-Ass Life Podcast was taken. So hello, welcome to the show. I hope you're feeling good. I am just so pumped to have this conversation with you today. Today's episode is with Alana Carvello, and she is a licensed mental health counselor who focuses on helping parents, couples, and individuals build balanced relationships by releasing old patterns, setting boundaries, and finding their voice. She is especially passionate about helping individuals see how healing codependency and perfectionism can lead to a more joy-filled life. And as a recovering codependent, high-functioning codependent, and perfectionist? Let me just say, let's bring on the joy. In all seriousness, I love how she mentions releasing old patterns because releasing old patterns, it's just so big and it's so important. And that's the work that I've been really diving into in my own journey. And wow, the old stories and the blueprints for how we've always done things like communicate and problem solve and just deal with stressful situations, reworking all of that, that's where the real work comes in. So in this episode, we dive into how being codependent and a perfectionist is related. Sidebar, I really think that most stepmoms have perfectionist tendencies and codependent tendencies. And it's like, I always say the universe puts us in situations in life where we learn the lessons that we need to learn. And it's like, hey, you want to control everything and think that everything's going to be perfect? Why don't you fall in love with someone who has kids and an ex and a custody agreement? and see how that goes for you. And we also talk about how these tendencies relate back to our childhood experiences, how perfectionism and codependency show up in how we parent our children, finding the happy place between being selfish and selfless when it comes to self-care and more. Honestly, it's such a good conversation. I'm so pumped to share it with you. And you know what? I'd love to hear what you think about this episode and what your biggest takeaway is. So if it feels aligned, would love if you would share it out on your Instagram stories and make sure you tag me at Jamie Scrimger and Alana at the codependent perfectionist so that we can see, yeah, we actually, we just want to chat. 
so fun to connect after the episodes. If you haven't already, you know the drill. Make sure you're subscribed on your podcast app so you get notified when new episodes are released. We release a new episode on Mondays. And if you haven't already, you should totally subscribe to my email list. I'm not someone who's going to like blow up your inbox with a bunch of emails that don't matter. I respect your inbox and I just use it as a way to keep you in the loop about all that we have going on. And, you know, I tend to share musings and rants and things I don't share anywhere else on my email list. So if I get fired up about something, you are going to know if you were on that list. And if you sign up or when you sign up, you get access to three free guides as well. So these are my free guides that I have for you guys, just if you're ready to level up in your step family life. First one is how to improve your step family life. Next is how to deal with a high conflict ex. And the second, I totally forget, but when you sign up, you will uh, just get a little surprise, but they are all super helpful. Now, if you are ready to take this to the next level and you want to ask me a question or get access to content and interviews that I don't share anywhere else, make sure you check out my membership, the exclusive Stepmom community. It is a private online space off social media where we just have next level unfiltered conversations that stepmoms need to be having, but we don't always feel comfortable having on social. I check in on the Ask Jamie section several times throughout the week. So if you are struggling, meet me there and I will uh, do my best to help you out. jamiescrimshaw.com forward slash membership. And lastly, I know I'm giving you all the updates. I revamped my website. In September, I said I was going to take it easy and get back into the swing of things slowly, but instead I decided to change my website, change website providers, revamp my entire website. And I'm going to be honest, it took a hell of a lot longer than I thought it would, but I love it. It's not 100% done, but I think it looks pretty dang good. So check it out. I'm super proud. If you don't like it, please do not tell me because it will actually hurt my feelings because a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and hours on a help desk chat went into this baby. So jamiescrimger.com. There you go. Those are all the updates that all the things I need to tell you. Can't wait for you to hear this episode. Let's dive in. This episode is sponsored by Stepmom Magazine. Guys, Stepmom Magazine is probably one of the only stepmom resources that I check out on a regular basis. It is an online magazine with articles from all the top step parenting experts on all things stepmom life. If you've been through it, Stepmom Magazine has covered it. The articles inside Stepmom Magazine are written by a hand-selected team of experts. Contributors are licensed therapists and published authors and stepfamily professionals who just get it. Stepmom Magazine also has ebooks that you can download if you're struggling with a particular issue, such as disengaging or dealing with the ex or having an R's baby and more. It is a super cost-effective way to get support and most importantly, reassurance that you're not alone. It is such a great feeling when you get the monthly email letting you know that the monthly edition is ready. The articles are always so timely. To subscribe, head to www.stepmommagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 to save 20%. Again, that's www.stepmommagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 for 20% off. All right, Alana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to dive into this. I actually stumbled across your Instagram feed and was like, what? This is such a great combination of things to talk about. So I couldn't wait to get you on the show. Awesome. For those who maybe aren't familiar with you, can you give us a bit of a rundown on who you are and what you got going on? 
Sure. So for anyone who doesn't know, my name is Alana Carvalho, but I go by the codependent perfectionist on Instagram. And that's a lot of my stuff. I have a book out on parenting called Raising Empowered Children, the Codependent Perfectionist Guide to Parenting. And a lot of my focus in my work as a mental health counselor is really just on relationships, particularly on how codependency and perfectionism kind of show up in our relationship with ourselves our friends, our partners, our kids. That's really what I love the most. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, like I said, it's such a great combination. How did you start doing this work? So I always knew I wanted to be a therapist. That's been something since I was a child. But in my early work on myself, which I began doing when I was in graduate school in my early 20s, I found a therapist who happened to really understand those topics really well and found it, you know, like pointed it out to me right away. And it really just like jumpstarted my own healing journey. And so once I kind of recognized it in myself and how it was presenting all over in my life, it was like, oh yeah, like this is what I want to help people see. Yeah. And what is a codependent perfectionist? Maybe let's dive into that for those who are maybe like, okay, I kind of know what codependency is. But, you know, like you say in your website, it has become a buzzword. And I think it's this word that's being thrown around, but I don't know if everyone fully understands what it means. Yeah. And it's complicated. So I think kind of the simplest way to explain the codependency piece is the desire to control somebody else's emotional state, their behavior, or just their experience. And and that could even include like their experience of you, which is where it kind of ties into the perfectionism piece. And perfectionism in many ways is also about trying to kind of control how one is perceived by other people. And in a sense, I think the connection is that it's not that everyone necessarily has both of these in such a strong way. Some may have one more or the other one more, but at the end of the day, there it's kind of like a true lack of connection with oneself and it can present in in these different ways and not trusting ourselves to show up in a way that's authentic in our relationships or in our workplace. And that to me feels like it's a common theme throughout both of those issues, as you might want to call it. (laughs) How would you say someone who is highly codependent shows up in their relationships? How, How does that affect their relationships with their partner, with their kids? How it tends to show up for many people. And again, it's so dependent also on one's personality. Like, It's interesting because when I start to explain, like, well, then there's like, you know, people who are more narcissistic who could also be codependent. But let's just stick with like the general codependent is somebody who is really kind of kind of becomes anxious when they see somebody else that they love or care about. Sometimes it's not even any of those people. It could just be a random person going through something difficult or struggling in some way or feeling some way that they don't want them to feel. So it's like your kid comes home from school and they had a terrible day. And the first thing you want to do is fix it or change it, right? You know, your spouse is in a bad mood and you take on the bad mood. You know, it can happen in such minor examples. And then it it can also become much larger. Like a friend of yours is struggling with, with a divorce and you are almost basically part of the divorce at this point because you've just taken on so much of the other person's stuff. And so oftentimes my work is to help people really separate out from the other person and recognize that 
our work is really not to change what someone else is going through or put ourselves aside, which most codependents do to like make sure they could be there for somebody else and then forget that we exist and we need to take care of ourselves. Right. So it's kind of like a coming back to ourselves and learning how to reprioritize who we are, not in a way that's selfish, but in a way that's really like wonderful and caring for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of stepmoms, because I deal with primarily stepmoms, deal with codependency, right? You know, we come in and we see our husband and their ex or our partner and their ex having, you know, disagreements or legal battles or co-parenting issues. And we dive in, we go all in Mm -hmm. trying to solve their problems so that they don't suffer. They don't have to experience it this way. And it, it ends up leading to a lot of stepmoms feeling really resentful, really depleted, feeling like they're not caring for themselves and like they can't stop because if they do take that step back, then everything's going to fall to pieces. And often that's not true. Like I think that's sometimes what codependents really struggle with. They think, well, if I don't do it, everything will fall apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right there because that's like the typical codependent thing. Well, if I don't do it, nobody will. And then what will happen? And, and I think what we don't realize as codependents is that we're actually sending the message to other people that they can't handle these things that we actually want them to, you know, like, because we feel this need to micromanage it and take care of it rather than letting the other person figure it out and sending the message to them that I have faith in you, that you can handle this well and appropriately. And, you know, of course, the difficulty is when codependents pull back, they're like, see, see what happened? It all, you know, everything, you know, fell apart or whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, because you've been holding it up for so long, right? So like, of course, there's going to be an initial period of some sort where things are much more difficult and, and the person maybe doesn't know what to do. But the whole point is to get to a place where they can learn how to do whatever it is on their own or feel like, yeah, I got this, right? Like we want our kids to feel that way. We want our partners to feel that way. You want everyone really to feel that way. You want to empower them. Right. Do you think that codependency is a form of perfectionism? Like people who are perfectionists tend to be more codependent because they prefer everything to be their own way or to prefer to have control over things? I mean, there's definitely, yeah, like a connection between the two. And even as you were talking, I was thinking about the perfectionism that can exist, particularly in a step-parent relationship where like you're really wanting to be perceived a certain way and, and wanting to show the other person you care. And, you know, so there's like so much crossover there, I think, between the two because of the complexity of that particular type of relationship between a step-parent and a child. Mm -hmm. Now, what childhood experiences or what past experiences make someone more likely to be codependent or to be a perfectionist or to have that combination of both? It's always a combination of factors. But what I will say is that part of it has to do with your personality, I think, coming into the world. It's been debunked that we come in as blank slates. We're not blank slates. We, we lend to different, you know, behaviors and ways of being in the world. And I think you can see, even when you look at young children, there's children, I'm like, oh, they're more prone to codependent. Like I could just see it, you know. But then I also think it has to do with a lot of what goes on in parenting, too, of course. And that I find is when you have parents who perhaps are on like 
the narcissistic spectrum or have a serious mental health issue of some sort that may not be defined as narcissism specifically, it tends to lend a child to operate in those ways. Or if you have a parent who is perfectionistic, they're more likely to have a child who's perfectionistic because they're going to be holding them to the same standards that they hold themselves to, perhaps without even realizing it. But to go to explain the piece around having a parent who has narcissism or severe mental health issues, a lot of times codependency can manifest from this desire to really like please one's parent or feeling like they need to be a certain way to earn their parents' love. And a lot of us don't even realize as we're doing that, that that's what's happening, right? That we're, we're actually changing ourselves to try to get someone to feel a certain way about us. And that's where like the control of the other person's experience or feelings comes in. You know, going back to the stepmom piece, I think often stepmoms come in and people are being like, do you know what you're signing up for? Or like, do you know how complicated this is going to be? And you feel like you have to, pr- or, you know, you have maybe an ex who is, you know, doubting you or judging you, or you just really feel like you're under the microscope. So feeling like you need to prove yourself to all of these people right. can add to that as well. Absolutely. And understandably so. I mean, it can be a very stressful experience. I've worked with a good amount of step parents in my parents' support group, actually. And it is really complicated between you know, exes, current partners, the other person, the other current partners, ex and, you know, current children, stepchildren, it's just, there's so much going on there. And I can understand how the difficulties can really create a lot of stress within the relationship in the family. I think that's where codependency recovery can be so important, because when we can learn to step away from a lot of the difficulties that are going on and not try to control it or get someone to be different or feel a different way. There's just so much freedom there from all of that stress, you know, rather than trying to micromanage it. Usually, you know, when we're feeling that way, we we go to control. That's what we do. We don't step back. And so to step back actually is what can make things so much lighter for everybody. Even when you're dealing, I mean, I've heard horror stories with different relationships. Even in those situations, it's like the best way is always to take the step back. Yeah, no, for sure. And I feel like that's what scares people, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I've definitely, I was, I'm definitely recovering perfectionist and codependent, probably more recovered on the codependent, not so much in the perfectionist, (laughs) if we're really being (laughs) honest. But, you know, I think the initial fear of taking that step back and, not being so codependent, not trying to control the outcome, all, all the stressors that are in the, you know, pe- are the people in our family's lives, what actually happens is the opposite. So we're worried about how it's going to impact us and we're worried about what's going to happen, but it feels so free. Mm. Now there is, like you said, though, that initial period where you're like, Oh my gosh, shit's hitting the fan. Like I knew mm-hmm. this was going to happen. This is why I have to do everything. This is why I have to step in. How do you, what recommendations do you have for someone who's like, okay, I'm trying to step back, but I I can't, like, this is not working. Like what, what are some tips for them to, I guess, take back that power? So some of the reasons it's not working is because of poor communication, to be honest. Like some, a lot of times what codependents will do and, and I get it. Like, you know, you're like, I'm going to make changes. And so you just kind of like stop doing some of the things you're doing. (laughs) And then people are like, whoa, you know, and they don't really, it, it doesn't really work out well. I think 
the most important piece is that you're communicating to the other people what is going on for you and how you're changing things and then what your expectations are of the other person, you know, so like clearly laying everything out. So it's not just like, well, I don't pick anybody up from school anymore. It's like, well, you can't just do that, right? Like, so it has to be like, we start off with a conversation, right? And the conversation should be first taking responsibility for how you've contributed to to this whole dynamic that has been created with somebody else, right? So saying something along the lines of, you know, I've recognized that I'm codependent and this is how it's coming up for me in our relationship. I'm doing dot, 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 right? Like keeping it very much like this is how I'm contributing to it, right? And what I realized is that that is actually not good for either of us. And so I'm going to change that by doing this instead. So instead of every day, you know, when you come home, I run to to help you feel better and do all of these things. I'm actually going to try to give you more space. And so what that means is it's going to look like this and being very clear on how that looks, right? And then practicing that in your behavior with the other person so that they see what you're doing and that when they go like, oh, well, but it feels like you don't care. And it's like, no, actually, I, I care a lot, but I want to show it to you in a different way because I recognize that you have more ability to work through this than I thought, or you could handle more responsibility in the household than I was letting you have or whatever it is. Moving through it that way to me sets up a whole different dynamic than when we just kind of pull away and say like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to stop calling so-and-so every day. And it's like, well, that's great, but it's probably going to confuse the other person. And so you, you don't, you just don't want to leave things in that confusing unspoken about territory. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think a lot of stepmoms, when they do try to take that step back, or they do try to set those boundaries are like, you know what, like, this is not my problem. I'm not doing this anymore. You know, I'm overwhelmed. I'm t- I, I listened to this podcast and codependency. And now I'm like taking a step back and they do it because they're angry and resentful. And often you need to have the mindset of setting those boundaries or taking that step back with love, not with anger or resentment, right? You're like, I'm doing this because this is better for all of us, but you're right. You do need to have those conversations and you also can't, you know, in my opinion, just let people out to dry, right? Like there does need to be maybe a little transition period where you're like, Hey, I used to do all of these things for you. Like I took on all of this stuff to try to solve all of your problems and make your life easier. You can't just say, I'm not doing that starting now. Right. right. Like you maybe got to give them a little bit of a, like a planning session. There needs to be a weaning off period. You know, parents do that often, like when their kids are financially dependent on them and they're like, and I'm just not doing it anymore. I'm like, well, wait, 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 <laughs> you know, that's, it's a great goal and we want to get you there, but we do have to like give your adult child some time to like get on their feet. So let's make a plan here as to how we're going to get out of it. But you're right. I mean, the, what happens is that people are so, there's just so much emotion after doing so much for so long that like we start making decisions in reaction rather than like getting to a place where we're grounded and we're not feeling like extremely angry, extremely frustrated, whatever it may be. And then having the conversation from that place, like it cannot come from the like emotionally reactive, like I'm so angry and you know, all of that stuff. Trust me guys, I I get that point. And I've been there many times myself. I just know that no productive conversation comes from that. 
So you're right. It has to come from a grounded place. It also has to be like a weaning off period. Everything has to happen in an, in a way that's appropriate for both people or both parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. How do you suggest that parents, so, you know, we're talking about step parents and like typically dealing with the ex or dealing with like helping their partner out. But when it comes to parenting, how does codependency and perfectionism show up in parenting in the way that we parent our kids? So, you know, a lot of times I think codependency shows up as a desire to really take any difficulties our child is experiencing and try to get rid of them in some capacity or just having like such a strong reaction to when our child is going through something difficult or negative. So finding yourself trying to get them not to feel a certain way, like be upset because, you know, maybe their friend didn't want to hang out with them that day or whatever it is. It's like trying to control those experiences or make them different or make them better rather than watching your child move through them and supporting them, of course. But I think support gets very confused as that means I change it or I do something for them rather than just being a listening ear and validating how they're feeling. You know, so if you're finding yourself like constantly wanting to change things or getting involved in situations with your kid, or sometimes even I find maybe one of the biggest ways parents do it that they don't realize is that when their child or teen is talking to them, they're advice giving or just having difficulty just listening to your child and really hearing what they're saying. I think that's just such a common communication issue that tends to stem from codependency. So that's a big one. And and the perfectionism piece, a lot of parents pushing their children in all different ways because they think it's for their child's best interest to go to a particular school or play a particular sport or do different things, get a better grade, whatever it is, not realizing that it's actually really not in their child's best interests to be pushed in that way. You know, it's, it's great to motivate a child, but it's not great to hold them to really high standards that they feel like they can't achieve themselves or that if they don't achieve it, they'll somehow like disappoint you or that you won't love them as much like that. Those are the really tough stuff in terms of the codependency and perfectionism in parenting. It's definitely something that Darren and I have struggled with because for example, we both loved university. It was like the best time of our life. We were those parents who talk about university days like it was five <laughs> years ago when it definitely wasn't. And so you know, for the longest time, we just assumed that the kids, like, it just didn't even occur to us that the kids weren't going to go to university, like, didn't even occur to us that that wouldn't be what they wanted to do. And then when one of our, you know, kids was like, you know, I don't want to go to university, mm-hmm. we didn't even hear it. At first, we were just thinking about all the doors that were being shut. And, you know, all of this, and I it realized how easy it is as parents to put what we think is best and what was maybe best for us or we wished we would have done on our kids. Yeah. And it's so hard because you want what's best for them and you you do want to steer them in the right direction, but it also has to be their direction. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And and I think we don't even realize it. Like you're saying, like you, you know, you just said, I, I didn't even, we didn't even hear him because it's like, yeah, we don't realize that we have all of these like expectations or desires for our children that really have a lot more to do with us than they do about them in, in many ways. And that's where we have to be so careful. There's a chapter in my book that 
I think I softened the name of it, but at one point it was like, everything I do is about me. And, and what I mean by that is that parents often don't realize that like what we're doing is because it's what we want it to be, not necessarily because our kid wants it to be that way, you know, like, and I think that that builds a lot of resentment in parenting too. Like, you know, I'm working so hard so I could get my kids to college or get them to private school or whatever it is. And, and are those wonderful things to do? Sure, of course, you know, that that's not negative necessarily. When it becomes negative is when I start putting that on them, like that they need to do it, or I'm assuming that that's what they're going to do, or that that is definitely the best route for that. Like, that's where we start to move into that place where it's more about like me than it is about them. That's a really big part of the codependency and perfectionism piece. Yeah. And it's so hard because you're like, you want, yeah, I don't even know what I have to say about that. Just because <laughs> as a parent, we've really, that's just been something that both Darren and I have really struggled with and had to kind of check ourselves on, which, you know, leads me to this. I know there's going to be parents who are listening to this and being like, well, shit, like I do that. Or maybe I'm a perfectionist or a codependent and pushing this stuff on my kids. It doesn't have to be that way for Like it's not, you haven't like screwed everything up, right? Like you can always recalculate and go a different course. So what advice do you have for parents who are like, okay, something has to change, but I really love to be in control and I really like things a certain way. How do I, how do I embrace that chaos that will come because it will feel a little chaotic and at a sorts, but you know, that's what's best for your kids or for your spouse or anyone else in your life, right? Like whoever you're in that codependent relationship with. Yeah. And I, I do want to really validate that it's not too late, regardless of where you're at in your child's life, whether they're young or they're older. I've done great work with parents of kids that were 30 years old. Like it's, it doesn't have to be at a certain point. I think at any point in someone's life, if you can identify the ways you, you are negatively impacting a relationship and then be willing to change them, that's really one of the most incredible things you can offer to somebody else. I mean, I don't know that there's much better you could give to your kids. So at any point, if you say, you know what, I realize I'm doing this and that probably isn't so helpful for you. That's amazing. So my suggestion is really to not beat yourself up about it and really to acknowledge yourself or even being willing to realize that and, and say it because most people won't, most people aren't going to come out and say, you know, like, this is how I've negatively contributed to such, such and such, you know? So that first and foremost is number one. And then, you know, like I said, having those open conversations and maybe asking your children about things. Cause also sometimes we think something was really negative and our kid doesn't feel that way. Or sometimes we think something wasn't negative and they do really feel negatively about it. So sometimes it's just about getting clarity and having honest communication about things like, oh, would it be more helpful if I did this for you? Would you rather that I, you know, said this or how would you like me to handle this situation? Like really honoring what the other person wants. That's the codependency is our assumption about what other people want and need. So working on asking other people questions to find out more about what they're looking for and then start to make those changes and allow yourself to screw up and do it wrong. And all of that is part of the healing process. You know, if you're also a perfectionist, it's really tough, but you have to allow yourself to really like be uncomfortable and not do this perfectly because it's not going to be perfect. 
Do you have any pep talks or something that like a perfectionist can say when they feel triggered, when <laughs> things are kind of, you know, maybe spiraling in a way that they, they definitely would like to see it in a different way? Sure. I mean, to me, I would say to keep in mind the word trust, because one of the things that codependents and perfectionists struggle with the most is not being in trust in life, you know, and trust is really like acknowledging that there's someone or something greater than ourselves that is really taking care of things in a way that might not look the way we want it to look, but that it's actually that's what's truly perfect, you know? And so when we can let ourselves let go and allow who's really in charge to be in charge, then we're in a good spot. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I've been talking a little bit about that in my membership lately, just saying, you know, all of a sudden, cause I've really worked on myself and letting go and, and not trying to be involved in all aspects of my step family life and just kind of taking that back seat and supporting people behind the scenes and so many people have said, like, how did you get to this point? Like, how, how are you dealing with that? And there's so much going on right now in our life that, you know, five years ago, I would have been all over trying to control and minimize the impact it has on my family. And I've really kind of taken that backseat. And it's like, all of a sudden, I just have this undying faith that everything's going to work itself out. Like, mm -hmm. it'll be fine. And that no matter what happens we will be fine and we can work through everything. And that the people in my life, I just have empowered them more to, to make those decisions on their own and that I'm here to support them, but I can't care about their issues more than they do. Right. right? I can't put more into it than they're putting into it and I can't solve their problems for them. And when you just get to that point, and it's not even religious. Like it's not, it's not, it's just faith that things will work itself out. Cause I know some people, maybe they're not necessarily religious would hear that and be like, well, you know, this, this sounds very, um, religion based. It's not, it's literally just having faith that things will work themselves out and that you guys have the power to deal with it. Absolutely. I think that's fundamental to the recovery process because that lessens your, your need to control things like you're talking about, you know, like when you can have faith, you don't need to control it all. And and actually you recognize that you're not supposed to, like, that's not actually our job. And I like to tell people that other people's struggles in life are a really important part of their journey and their growing process, you know? So oftentimes, like if we're in our codependency, we can rob them of those experiences that are extremely important. You know, and so you have to think about it that it's not always just like I'm helping, I'm helping. No, actually, sometimes it's like a really negative impact that you can have on somebody by not allowing them to grow. That's such a good point. Now, the last thing I wanted to dive into is you talk about the importance of finding the happy place between selflessness and selfishness. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. So I mentioned before, like a lot of times when a codependent starts working on their recovery, they'll go from being like this really selfless person who's like, yes, 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 I'll, I'll do whatever you need, you know, always putting other people first, to sometimes going into a really selfish place, right, which is really the opposite extreme of selflessness. And that's okay to actually people get very upset and frustrated. It's okay to go to the opposite extreme, because oftentimes we need to do that to find the balance. And the balance to me is a place in between both of those, which is really self-love, right? It's a place of honoring ourselves, caring for ourselves, but doing it in a way that isn't 
hurtful or negative to other people. And codependents have a hard time understanding that concept because I think what we've done, I mean, I used to do this myself, is take the concept of selfishness and like meld it into self-love and, and think that it's one thing. Because in fact, when we stop doing things for other people in the way that we have, or, you know, trying to control, it feels selfish, right? And so there's a confusion for codependents, particularly if you grew up in this way and it's been with you your whole life to care for yourself and not see that as selfish. Okay. So what I would say to people who are very confused about what all of that means is to allow yourself to kind of move through that process and then take the time to really see where it, where it kind of a bit too much, where I, where I put myself first and I stop considering the needs of other people, which can happen sometimes in recovery, right? Is very different than getting to a place where I, I can consider you, but I can also say, but this is really the right decision for me right now. And it's not in reaction. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's more like I recognize that I, I must do this for myself, but I also recognize that you may feel negatively about that. And that's okay. You know, like that I can hold space for both of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. And I think that it also goes back to what I was saying earlier when you're, you don't just like, kind of screw everyone over when you're like, okay, this is going to be all about me now, right? Like you do have to understand everyone else's position in it. And sometimes it's a process and there's baby steps and getting yourself to that point. Absolutely. Love it. Okay. So you have a quiz for people if they're kind of like listening to this being like, okay, wait, is this me? Do I have a problem? What's happening? So I have a much more extensive one in my book, but on my website, I put like a kind of abridged version of the book quiz for people who are starting to explore this concept and say, like, does this apply to me? It's super quick, super easy, and you'll get a score and see kind of where you rank from low, moderate to high. And then you can kind of get an idea. And it will separate out the codependency ones from the perfectionism ones. So you could get an idea of where you're at with both. I'm going to go take the quiz. (laughs) (laughs) And then so your book, tell us about your book before we wrap up. Yeah, so my book, Raising Empowered Children, The Codependent Perfectionist Guide to Parenting, it's all about what we just talked about and kind of walks through a little bit more in depth the concepts of codependency and perfectionism. And I give a bunch of case examples that I've seen in my own work with clients as well as share a bit about my own journey and how people can work through this and you get some exercises to help you it can be a really helpful guide to just support you through the, that recovery process, particularly in regards to parenting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to get the book too. This, is, <laughs> this was like a great therapy session. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, this is great. Where can everyone find you? So they can find me on Instagram at the codependent perfectionist. You can also find me on my website if you want to take the quiz and you could just type in the codependent perfectionist.com. And my name's Alana Carvalho. And feel free, anyone listening, if you have questions, if this brought up anything for you, feel free to reach out. I also do like a parent support group. So if anyone needs just extra like therapeutic support, I'd be happy to help. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This was such a good conversation. And I feel like we're going to have to have you back. (laughs) I would love that. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thanks so much for tuning in. You guys know the drill. If this resonated, share it with someone who you think will love it too. And if you haven't already, I would be forever grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. 
And if you're craving more stepmom content, wanna connect with me and stepmoms from all over the world and get access to exclusive content with all my favorite experts, be sure to check out the exclusive stepmom community, www.jamieskimger.com forward slash membership. Members also get access to my online magazine and can listen in on coaching calls with fellow stepmoms www.jamiescrimshaw.com forward slash membership. Love you guys. We'll chat with you next week.